The Old Testament reading for this, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the book of Exodus, the 16th chapter. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of the Lord. O oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, the fourth chapter. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, 
the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. John, the sixth chapter. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What drives you? What is it that makes you get out of bed each day, go to work, or go about your daily routine? What exactly is it that you labor for? Because everyone works for something. Even if you're retired, there's always something that you are striving for, some goal that you are working toward, something that you focus on that convinces you to do what must be done. Everyone is working for something. Some people are working for a dream house or a car. Some people are working for financial stability. And apparently, everybody's working for the weekend. But ultimately... 
What does all that work get you? Well, as another, even classicer song says, you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older, deeper in debt. So often, the things that we work so hard for either remain just outside of our reach, or they wind up being not nearly as satisfying as we thought they'd be. How many of us as kids mowed all the neighbor's lawns, picked up soda cans, worked super hard all summer, only to find out that the bike that we bought isn't as fast as the commercials showed, the toy robot doesn't actually shoot, or the video game isn't nearly as good as we were led to believe? How many of us as adults have scrimped and saved, worked overtime, made sacrifices in other parts of the budget, only to find out that the car isn't as comfortable as the commercial showed, the beach wasn't as pristine as the travel agent promised, or the video game isn't nearly as good as we were led to believe. And even if the things that we work for truly are everything that we thought they might be, they just don't last, do they? Things break down, vacations come to an end, delicious meals leave you hungry again. This is why Jesus warns us in our gospel reading today not to labor for the food that perishes. The reading begins, on the next day, the crowd that remained, which should make you wonder what crowd and that remained from what. Well, it's the crowd of over 5,000 that Jesus miraculously fed in the wilderness. They had come to see Jesus, and the previous day, Jesus had fed the entire crowd with just five loaves and two fish. And that wowed them. They were impressed. That made them want to see Jesus again. But he had crossed the sea during the night. So, they went after him. They all got into whatever boats they could find, and they chased him down chartering this flotilla of boats to take them across the sea as well, to figure out where Jesus was and to catch up with him. And this was no small feat. It took quite a bit of effort and energy for a crowd this size to do this. And why did they want to see Jesus again? Did they want to hear the words of eternal life that he spoke? Did they want to be comforted by the presence of the Messiah who had come to take away their sins? No. They wanted another meal. They wanted more bread. When they find Jesus, they ask him, What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Hint, hint, hint. This crowd, who less than 24 hours earlier had eaten a miraculous feast from five loaves and two fish, they find Jesus and they're angling for another bread miracle. If you're really the Messiah, feed us again and again and again. Sir, give us this bread always. They'll do anything if Jesus will just keep their bellies full and fill their lives with earthly blessings. And so will we. 
Dear Christian, think about what you pray for. What is the focus of most of your prayers to your Heavenly Father? If you're like me and everybody else in the world, it's probably about earthly things. We pray for financial security, for good employment, for good government. We pray for healing and comfort for ourselves and our family and our friends. We pray for safety and comfort, for good weather, for bountiful crops, for good market prices, for an end to war and violence. And just as we pray primarily for earthly things, we labor for earthly things as well. We work hard to take a well-needed vacation. We save up for a bigger house, a better car, a newer phone. We need, yes, need, a bigger refrigerator for all of our food, a wider garage for all of our equipment, a better interest rate for all of our investments. We work and we work and we work so that we and our family can have a good life, a comfortable life, a life that is filled with joys and luxuries. Now, before you take this too hard, let me be very clear on something. Earthly blessings are not bad. They are a blessing from God. Praying for earthly things is not a sin. Working for a better life is not a sin. Even having luxury items, if you're practicing good stewardship, is not a sin. We are blessed by our gracious Father in heaven, who gives us the opportunities to work for these things, who calls us to pray to him for these things, who fills our lives with bountiful blessings and luxuries. But the problem is that we sinners very quickly forget that these things are secondary, that they're temporary, that they're not going to last. Think about the Lord's Prayer. That perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. The model upon which all other prayers can be built. When you look at the seven petitions or requests of the Lord's Prayer, how many of them deal with earthly blessings? Just one. Give us this day our daily bread. Grant us, dear Father, what we need to support this body and life for today. Not, please make our 401k prosper. Not, make me fat and happy and comfortable. But like the Israelites in the wilderness, feed us today and grant that we would trust in you to provide what we need. One petition out of seven focuses on earthly blessings, on the food that perishes. All the rest focus on things eternal, on things spiritual, on things that won't break or disappoint or be taken away from us. Jesus tells the crowd and us, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. He's not saying quit your job and become a monk. He's saying don't lose focus of what really matters. Give thanks to God for all the blessings you have. Enjoy them, but keep it all in perspective. No matter how great the vacation is, it will end. No matter how awesome the meal might be, you will become hungry again. 
No matter how miraculous your healing is, thanks to sin, you will still die at some point. But the food that endures to eternal life, that will bless you for all eternity. The Word of God, it will never leave you empty. It will never come to an end. The salvation of your soul is a never-ending gift as it gives you eternal life in God's paradise of heaven. Do you want to truly give your family a better life? Don't just give them toys and vacations and trinkets then. Give them a foundation of Christian faith. Teach your children to love the Word of God. Love your spouse with a godly, sacrificial love as Christ loves his bride, the church. Fill your home, not just with earthly treasures that are here today and gone tomorrow, but with the eternal treasure of the Holy Spirit, with sanctified living, with hymns and psalms and devotions and a passion for the eternal gifts of Jesus Christ. Don't have a family that you can do these things for? Do them for yourself and for those around you. Live a chaste and decent life that boldly proclaims the glories of God's will. Dig deeper and deeper into the wonders of God's word because you will never reach the bottom. Celebrate the eternal mystery that Jesus Christ has died and risen again to take away the guilt of your sin and live out your Christian faith each and every day. Use your earthly blessings to proclaim the eternal blessings, the good news of Jesus Christ, to share his love with others, to fill the lives of those around you with the glorious light of his salvation. Come to church, to Sunday school, to Bible study, and rejoice with your brothers and sisters in Christ at the eternal treasures that you have been given through the cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And invite your friends to come too, so that they can rejoice in his presence as well. Do not labor just for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And when Jesus says that we should labor for his treasures, he's not talking about some soul-crushing, back-breaking, Herculean task. The crowd asks him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? His answer This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. How do you labor for the food that endures to eternal life? Hear the word of God and believe it. It really is that simple. And even in that simplicity, it's more simple because it's the Holy Spirit himself who works that faith in our hearts, who brings us that word, who empowers us to cling to it even in the face of persecution. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. The food that endures to eternal life is a gift given freely by Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He came in the flesh to suffer and die in your place. He willingly paid the full penalty of all of your sin upon the cross. He sacrificed everything to save your condemned soul from sin, death, and the devil. He rose from the dead to open the gates of heaven to you. 
so that you could indeed receive his eternal gifts rather than perishing in the fires of hell as you deserve. As as he comes to you continually in his word, through his sacraments, to forgive you, to renew you, to restore you, to build you up in the one true faith, he delivers his gifts to you. He freely delivers to you the food that endures to all eternity. He fills your life with his word and with his true presence, the food that endures to eternal life. You don't have to hunt him down. You don't have to accomplish some kind of a mystical task. He has come to you, and he has freely filled your life with his eternal blessings, with the full treasures of his heavenly kingdom, with the food that endures to eternal life. So at all times and in all places, give thanks to God for all the earthly blessings that you have so richly and freely received. Be grateful for all the riches and luxuries that he has bountifully given into your life. Do pray for earthly blessings like healing and comfort and peace. Go ahead and save up for your goals, for a vacation, for a better car, for a better life for your family. But do not let those temporary blessings become your only focus. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Give yourself, your family, all those around you a truly better life by filling your life with the Word of God, with His forgiveness, with His grace with the discipline and joy that comes from living according to his word. Tell all those around you what God has done for a sinner like you and for sinners like them. Rejoice in Jesus Christ, who is indeed the bread of life. Whoever comes to him shall not hunger, and whoever believes in him shall never thirst. For by his cross alone, by his empty tomb alone, You are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.